Hello! Welcome to our sixth episode of Far Out Friends. We're going to be talking about spiritual references, things like TV shows, books, movies, spiritual teachers like Ram Das. So I hope you guys enjoy. Far Out Friends! Hello, and welcome to episode six of Far Out Friends. Today, we're obviously down a person, but the show must go on, and we're going to carry on without Dahlia today. You're stuck with Scott and I. <laughs> we're gonna do our best. Um, so we were just talking a little bit about what's going on in our lives, and Scott, do you wanna do a little update on your life? Sure, so my current life update is that I started working a new job and it's kind of like the, it's sort of like the big dream job that I've been looking for for a while and I'm really happy. It's going really well and it's everything I could have ever asked for, but I'm confronted with a new problem now where, and I think this is sort of the opposite of an average person's problem, but I have a lot of fun at work, but once work is over, I am lonely and sad and depressed. And I kind of just wait for work to start again. Um, and I like to really emphasize it's something that I love. I like coding. That's what I do. So I enjoy that. That's my hobby. It's my passion. And so once I'm doing that, I'm laughing. I'm having fun. I'm playing music on my computer and I'm doing my thing. But yeah, the moment that work ends, it's this weird silence. And I think to myself, like, what should I do something? Should I meditate? Maybe I can just lay back today, you know? And so a lot of my process lately has been trying to confront this loneliness because I've realized that once work's over, I don't have anything to do on my weekends. I haven't really had Saturdays and Sundays off before really in a while. Usually I have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off for my last job. I've just been trying to socialize more. I've been, uh, I've set up for knitting classes in the um, town next to mine. And so my whole process is just uh, confronting my loneliness and trying to go out in the world and engage. Mm, that's a good one. I'm glad you're turning towards it instead of turning away. Yeah, thank you. That is like the best way to get to that or get to the end of that. What's your update? My update is my next moon ceremony is December 3rd at the Angel Cooperative in Richfield, Connecticut. It is the new moon in Sagittarius. I'm very excited for this. And then the moon ceremony after that is actually on New Year's Eve, the 31st. That one is happening a little bit earlier. So check out my website or my Instagram for updates on that. But that's going to be so much fun if you want to start your new year off with some intention setting and a little bit of ritual. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great opportunity to spend time with some really fabulous people. Anyway. That is my update. My spiritual work that I'm doing right now is learning to balance energies within myself. I just started a new relationship and I've been single for a very long time and it feels, is this too much information? No. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, there's a rebalancing process within starting a new relationship where you are so used to having this 
this routine and balance within yourself and then somebody else gets added to the mix and you're like, is this normal? I'm grieving the time I spent with my friends and the time that I had for myself, but I'm enjoying this new time with this fabulous person and rebalancing that and kind of find, finding the new normal, I guess is what it's called. And also like reevaluating kind of the attachments and expectations I have not only on myself and my partner, but also my friends. Cause I went through this whole grieving process of, oh, I don't spend any more time with my friends. The pandemic was really great for that. We spent so true. much time together. This is very true. No, it was like, no, we were like a, like a trio 24 seven. Oh yeah. yeah. It was great. <laughs> and I will like forever cherish that. And now I've kind of had this moment of stillness in my life where I've come away from that. The pandemic has subsided and everybody's gone back to work tenfold. And I miss the time that I spent with my friends. And that was like a huge letting go process. And so right now the emotional work is to let go of those expectations of everything stays the same because it's all changing now. Like I have expectations of things being the way they were and there's a letting go process and now we're moving into the new. This is true. I always imagine like with friends and family and relationships and everything, I always imagine people in groups, you can call it a tribe. Um, I like to see it almost like a band. So it's like someone's playing the drums and somebody's playing the keyboard and somebody's playing the tambourine. I don't know how you play a tambourine like this. So. <laughs> oh, you shake it. You go like this. You That's tambourine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think when you when someone new is in your life, it's like you bring in this like saxophone player, and everyone's like, "How? Uh, how does this fit?" And then it's it's up to you know the band to like figure out you know like how how does this how does this performer fit? And um, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. It is exciting. It's a whole yeah. different sound. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I have to like find new balance within that, which is so exciting. I'm so grateful and so excited. And um, it's just an adjustment. And I'm turning towards that experience instead of turning away from it. And it's proving to be very successful. And it's even, it's funny, it's like the opposite of what I'm dealing with. I am a one man band with the drum on my back and I'm. <laughs> I don't love that so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I th I think you'll find love very soon. You know, I'm on the market. Um, you can find me on Amazon. Uh, free, shipping. <laughs> free shipping. Free shipping. 13.95 easy payments. So this month, we figured we'd talk about some of our favorite spiritual references, shows, books movies you mm. name it you like alan watts he's probably my favorite yeah. wow i didn't know that yeah i personally love ram das um i guess going into that there's be here now which is ram das's famous book i personally love the podcast that came out of his talks it's on the be here now network it's hosted by ragu marcus and 
it's really just old Ram Dass talks and every every episode is a different topic. He gets into anything from love to work to psychedelics and oh everything. I think he just has a very loving um, awareness about him, obviously, and it just blows your mind, the stuff that he talks about. I have not explored Alan Watts too much. Yeah, Alan Watts is a lot of fun. So he was... Um... He was, I think, so he was very spiritual. I think a lot of people credit him more as a philosopher, but he was very spiritual and he was very well known for just bringing a lot of like philosophies and things from the East to the West. And that was something that like he was just really credited for. I wish I knew, I wish I knew if Alan Watts, um, if he was the same age as Ram Dass or if they were like two different time periods or something. I think they're both from like the sixties to some extent. They were friends. They were good friends. Yeah. Actually, um, no, they definitely talked. I remember there's quotes. Yeah. Yeah. The the best interaction <laughs> that I can remember from them is that Rob Doss was talking to Alan Watts and Alan Watts was like smoking his pipe and was like, you know what, dick? And and that was uh, Rob Doss's, you know, uh, name. He was like, you're too, you, you're too attached to emptiness. And that, like, totally blew Rob Doss's mind and was like, you're right. And so he's like, and I had to go out and be a human. So I traveled and I was Richard Alpert, which is Rob Doss's real given name, his born name. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and I just love that analogy because everybody is so either in the reality that is presented to us or they're trying to get free of it and sometimes we do that too heavy-handedly so it's a good balance that we have to find between enjoying life and being on this this earth school right and learning what we can and also being in school something i think that's uh i've always found interesting is that some people i think everyone has a speaker, an author, a spiritualist, or anything that they really, really, really resonate with. And I think it really comes down to the goal of a spiritualist, at least a teacher, is to kind of crack you open. And the way they crack you open, and, and, and that's the question, you know? It's like, I think that every person uh, has a hundred doors. And we all have doors that open very easily and some that are very close shut. Some of us have it like cemented shut, some of those doors, you know? And part of the spiritual practice is trying to open some of those doors so you can breathe more in this universe. I think something that I've always liked about uh, Alan Watts is that for me, I, you know, I, I always need some sort of like, um, not emotional left brain response as to why something is. I'm oh, you know what it is? I'm what Alan Watts would call a prickly person in this area. He talks about prickly people and good people. That prickly people are very rigid and very like, you know, they have like their little components of what is and what isn't and like yada yada. And you got gooey people, people who's kind of go with the flow and they kind of just live their life like that. Like I like that's, that. Yeah. I'm a gooey person. Oh, you absolutely are. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like about Alan Watts is that I'm a privileged person, and I think that he's always been very helpful because I can always step back and go like, oh, like, but like, 
Where are the facts? But Alan Watts can take somebody with that kind of personality and just knock them upside down. And I've always liked that. Mm -hmm. um, Ram Dass is really good at um, a very heartfelt response and saying, like, like, is that really how your heart feels? Is that really how you feel? You know? And, you know, have you ever really sat and just felt the love in your heart? That's like a Ram Dass thing to say. And for somebody who is really in tune with that, it, like, really works for them. That's know? true. So everyone's I think, got their own thing, yeah. Yes. I think, I think Ram Dass helps with the gooiness, right? And he helps you connect to your gooiness or be more gooey. I think being gooey is good to a certain extent. For a lot of women, I think it's really important to read Women Who Run With Wolves. And it's just about tapping into that feral nature of women and being empowered. And I think for a lot of women, it's easy to be gooey and not have boundaries and stepping into our, our power. Our spiritual power means setting more boundaries. So I think that's a really good one. I also read a lot of like self-help books. One of the ones that I read that I love a lot is Boundary Boss. And that one is all about like stepping into your power and saying no and when to say no and how to say no. And that is a huge mind-blowing experience for someone who's very bad at setting boundaries. One story that she talks about a lot is that this woman uh, was taking care of her dying sister and she was running all over the place trying to get all her friends and like family to feel better about the situation and really extending overextending herself to make other people happy and she stopped and she was like if i put this energy into my own cup i would have more time to spend with my sister before she passed away and it's about reevaluating where you spend your time. Another concept she talks about is your VIP circle and the people that have access to you. Who are the people that you would drop everything for and really make yourself available? Like I have you, I have Dahlia, I have a couple people really close to me that I would drop everything and help if they really needed it. Other people, it would be inappropriate for me to drop everything because I need to focus on my job you know would you leave your work for somebody that you met 10 minutes ago if they really needed help not so much you'd be like i'm sorry i can't really do that because i have my own priorities so i think for women it's important to recognize boundaries and that is like a whole spiritual practice within itself is recognizing your own self-worth and stepping into your personal power I think two books that have really stuck out to me, I'll start with the first one, uh, is Necessary Losses. Did you ever read that one? I can't remember. No. Put all the titles and everything in the show notes. Yes. But it's a great book. So what it is, is I think, she's a psychologist, the author, it walks through a human being's life from age zero to like, dead. <laughs> and, um, and so, but it's really neat because suppose that from age zero, you could really remember everything and what had been in the back of your head um, had always been right in the front and you had always been consciously aware from the very beginning. It really talks about the psychology of the experience of being human from the beginning to the end. 
and all the common uh, phases we go through at certain ages and like how they work and what they represent, how to get through them, different things that have worked. But it's really neat because it like, it gives you a lot of empathy for any person at any age. So if you're talking about somebody who's like 65, they'll have a whole chapter about it and say, oh, you know, the, the, the struggle of being 65 is these number of things. This is when, you know, a person will begin feeling like this. Um, and then you'll talk about a two-year-old or even a one-year-old and she'll talk about like, okay, this one-year-old just ha had this happen. They were just born like a year ago. You know, they have their mom and their dad and like here's all the things that are on like the average child's mind at this age and like what they're going through. And what's really neat is she doesn't only talk about each year individually, but she like talks about how all of these things intertwine throughout your life. So when you get to like the chapter when they're like 40, it'll be like, oh, you know, and if you remember in chapter two, you know, if this happened, you know, this person may be struggling with these kinds of problems, you know, or these might be some of their like obstacles at this age. But if they didn't have those things at two, their obstacles will be different in some other way. It's a really great book. I, I really enjoy it. It's like a really big eye-opener and is just, and it's not like scientific and like the like annoying cold and gray way, but it's very like emotional and intuitive the whole way. And it really gives you compassion for like any person at any age. And the other book I really recommend is uh, A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. Have you read that one? No, I haven't oh. read either of these. <laughs> Um, it's about somebody who fall, well, this is a true story. He fell in love and then she passed away pretty soon after. It's, it was like really traumatic for him. And it's just him talking about how he feels. And it's a very short book. It's only like a hundred pages, but, um, it's just, uh, this beautiful way of explaining like just what the grieving process is like and. You really sit with them through the whole thing and I've always found it very spiritually enlightening in the sense of like just real yeah just very real that's awesome I think I think I'm definitely gonna have to read that book actually both those books sound really interesting yeah what I thought you were gonna say <laughs> was many lives many masters um that's a good book. many lives many masters is a book about Brian Weiss the author who is a psychiatrist who uses hypnosis as a tool for people to tap into their suppressed memories and help out bring out bring out fears and uh, repressed memories in order to heal. So one day he gets in a patient who is like 30 years old and has just developed all these new fears. And so he uses hypnosis to regress her to the age of the fear and he realizes that he accidentally regressed her into a past life. This completely blows open his reality and he starts exploring other realms of possibilities for him. And it's really interesting because this is somebody who grew up with a scientific background and he taps into the spiritual reality of past lives. Really fantastic book. I really loved it. It was very heart opening and the sequel, Only Love is Real, is just as good. And that is about a continuation of the story of his experience regressing people into past lives. And he has two patients who start to describe very similar lifetimes. And he's like, I feel like these people are destined to meet, but I can't break my patient 
Uh, yeah, that boundary. The boundary between a therapist and or a psychiatrist and a a patient. So how is this gonna play out? It's a really really good book. I loved it just as much as the first book. I think what's also really compelling about Brian Weiss mm -hmm. is that in the beginning of the book he really emphasizes that you really because he wasn't really somebody who believed in past lives. Um, he was very you know prickly uh very rigid and so what's really neat is throughout these chapters you can really really sense that he's trying to like ask every question try to cover every area and say like okay like what if this is like ridiculous but like with that attitude he still comes to that same conclusion of what he found and i think that's what makes it really compelling because is in the perspective of a guy who didn't really believe in that sort of thing, but then it was just so in his face that he just had to write a book about it, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. The other book that I would recommend is The Five Invitations by Frank Odaleski, What Dying Can Teach Us About Living. Mm -hmm. I feel very called in this lifetime to become a death doula and assist people in the dying process. It is something that I have toyed around with, but it hasn't manifested yet. So I'm just waiting and I feel very called to it. So I was given a list of books to read by, by a death doula. And one of them was this book. And it's about this man who started a Zen hospice program and his personal experiences with death and dying. There is one practice that I took from this book and became a ritual and that is about forgiveness. In this book he talks about an example where he was stationed in a, a country in South America and he witnessed someone die tragically and he held a lot of anger towards somebody who could have stopped that death and it completely consumed his life. I took the story and I copied his ritual, his um, practice for forgiveness, and I printed out a picture of myself. And I started this about a year and a half, two years ago, when I had a very strong anger and resentment towards one particular person. And I printed out a picture of this person and I printed out a picture of myself. And every morning I would sit there and I would stare at the picture for one minute, two minutes, five minutes. It took a while to get up to five minutes because it was really hard to look at somebody that you dislike mm. for two minutes. That's really mm. hard. <laughs> but I would just let whatever needed to come out, come out. If I was sad, I would cry. If I was angry, I would be angry and try not to judge myself for it. And at the end, I would say out loud, I forgive you. And that was huge. That was radical transformation on my end. And I feel like that is something that I will continue to keep in my toolkit whenever I feel very angry towards a person or even towards myself. It really helped me absolve guilt. I highly recommend this book for everybody. It teaches you so much on how to live a life without regret and what a lot of people regret at their deathbeds. Hmm, that's really good. Wow. One book I think that for some people can be really helpful, 
especially for people who are um, just getting their feet wet in spirituality. I think it's also just a great self-help book in general. I do recommend Four Agreements. And the reason why is because it's just a great introduction to like just a good way to live your life without having to read like a 500 page book. Somebody asked the author during a, um, I think it's like a, maybe a book signing or whatever a book signing is, if there isn't signing of books, he's doing one of those. And somebody asked him, well, he said, what if I, this woman said, I said, the grocery store. And the woman at the register was just being incredibly rude to me and saying rude things and was just like yelling at me and all these things, you know, and like, you know, what do you do? And that's, yeah, he mentioned the don't take things personally. And he says, you know, people have their own stuff going on. People are angry and people are sad. And it doesn't mean to be like apathetic and like disassociative, but it's somewhat to like recognize that like people, the 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 anger and frustration and pain in people are, are really in them. And it's good to recognize that like you can't control the way other people feel all the time. So I thought that was a really nice one. And being impeccable, impeccable to your word is really good. Just because it's good to like stay true to yourself and be careful with what you say. You know, even people who are honest and truthful will say things by accident that aren't quite true. And then things can get nasty from there. So it's just a really good book just to like get into that sort of thing. Especially if, again, you don't want to read much and you just want to get like your feet in the water on the subject in general. I personally did not like that book too much. I thought it was like very, very simplistic stuff. Like, just be nice, just be a good person. And I, I didn't find it interesting or captivating at all. Like I, I, and I don't know, a lot of people really like that book and I thought it was very simple. I personally found the Yamas and the Niyamas. Oh, to be yes. an incredible book that expands on the four agreements. And and the Yamas and the Niyamas are about yogic philosophy, philosophy and how to live like a more authentic life. It's the Yamas and the Niyamas and they are non-violence, non-stealing, non-possessiveness. And it goes through a bunch of them, but they're very good lessons and the way she un understands these concepts are so profound. They're simple, like the four agreements, but she goes into depth and gives examples of very meaningful situations that really make you think. A really good example that she gives is about nonviolence. And one of the lesser known violences is maybe worrying too much about somebody. When we worry too much about somebody, you are implying that they are incapable of worrying about themselves. So I I find this very fascinating because I'm the type of person that's always like, oh my God, I wonder if my friend got home okay. And they'll like worry about them. And I'm like, they're a grown adult. They can get home safe. I am like assuming that they're incompetent and that's not fair for them. Moving on from that book, I wanted to throw in a couple shows because I I love I'm such a visual person and I love movies and shows. And one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite TV shows that is has spiritual themes is The Midnight Gospel. Mm, that is a good show. It is by Duncan Trussell, who is a comedian, and he interviews some of the the great spiritual teachers of our time. 
everybody kind of who was in the Ram Dass crowd and animates over it in this very fun, light cartoon way. So I feel like that cartoon really presents heavy spiritual topics in a very light way. I sob every time I watch this show. It is so good. It is so good. Everybody needs to see it. And it's the animator from Adventure Time, right? It is. Yeah, the the artist animated Adventure Time. So it has these weird trippy cartoons over these very heavy spiritual topics and it creates this very weird dynamic that I think is so moving and artistic, just very creative in general. I like, um, I just find like different mediums of, uh, different mediums to learn these sort of philosophies through. One medium that I've always enjoyed was music, and a songwriter I've always been really into was Leonard Cohen. And he, to me, has been one of my favorite uh, teachers in spirituality because he he was a, he was a um, he was Jewish and Buddhist. He was Jewish and Zen Buddhist at the same time, and so, but it, but he was always tricky because he he wasn't sure if. When he was doing one of them, he was betraying the other. I think he would say that, um, and this is all in his music. You can hear through his words. He talks all about this stuff. It's all like some of his music and just an album will feel kind of just like a spiritual text, just kind of spoken by this man. <laughs> um, but he, he always said, yeah, he said, to praise God is to praise on the world outside of ourselves and then to praise within ourselves, you know, it's both, they're both valid in their own ways. So you praise out and in, and you can do both at the same time. I think he also, no, I think, I think he, he, he believed God was like the Jewish God. So when he talked about God, he was talking outside of himself. And if he was talking about Buddhism and Zen, he would talk about in himself. If you're looking for a show with metaphysical properties, there are two shows that I recommend. One is called Surviving Death. It's a documentary on different aspects of death and uh, what happens afterwards. So in the first episode, they talk about NDEs. In the next episode, they talk about mediumship, past lives. They touch on a lot of different subjects. The other show I recommend is actually a fictional story called The OA, which is about this woman who is blind and goes missing for seven years. And when she's found, she can see. And it's a big metaphor for all about traveling different timelines, for communicating with higher beings, for reincarnation, for spiritual awakening, and what it means to be in a soul family. So that is a really amazing show if you want kind of something that puzzles you, that makes you think outside of the box, the OA is fantastic. And I think that it has a lot of spiritual undertones and I could do a whole episode on those spiritual conversations and topics in the OA because it is just such a fantastic series. I love that show. That's a really good show. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you next month on Far Out Friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Far Out Friends. If you loved this episode, please like, 
subscribe and comment. If you have any ideas that you'd love for us to talk about, leave it in our comments. Be sure to join our Farther Out Friends at Instagram at Farther Out Friends or send us an email at FarthoutFriends at gmail.com. Farther Out Friends. Because I don't know. Well, that makes my nose. No switch break. Yeah. <laughs> um,